Blog Talk Radio. This episode is sponsored by a licensed real estate producer, Antonio Ball. Antonio is located in Atlanta, Georgia, for all of your real estate needs. Antonio is delivering passionate and personal service to all of his clients, whether you're buying, selling, or investing. Care to get more information about this dynamic realtor in the greater Atlanta area? Please call or email Antonio today at area code 334-462-0806. Again, that's 334 334- Four six two zero eight zero six, or you may also email him at Antonio Ball dot real estate at gmail dot com. Again, Antonio Ball dot real estate at gmail dot com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And yes, it is most definitely me after all these months, Micah. Uh, It feels very good to be back on the radio waves after my hiatus. I mean, the reason, you know, I decided to take a little break and have have been very non-existent within the radio podcast land is just simply because, you know, I think we all deserve a break. You know, I want to take a break from this project to work on a few things. Also do some revamping, which is still actually happening, by the way. But even while I'm revamping a few things, working on a new YouTube show of my own, producing an upcoming beauty YouTube show, um, I can't forget that there are some serious issues within our LGBT community that we need to discuss, one of which we'll actually be discussing on tonight, which is basically titled The Black Market Options. And you can draw your own conclusion as to what we'll be talking about tonight. But before we actually get underway with tonight's show, please remember that you can follow the show on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah, as well as iTunes. For iTunes, simply click on the purple podcast app on your iPhone device, select search, and enter the talk w forward slash Micah and friends, and you will have the ability to listen to all shows dating all the way back to 2013. Remember, the subscription is free. So you have blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah, as well as iTunes. Now, if you would like to promote your business, your brand, or your special event, please reach out to us by emailing thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. And we'll definitely get back to you so we can get your advertisement aired on the next show. Again, if you would like to promote your business, your brand, or your special event, please reach out by email to thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. Well, it's actually about time to sit down and have some real serious conversation surrounding a very taboo topic within the LGBT community. But before we actually dig right in, please listen to a few of our sponsors and immediately following, we'll be back with Micah's Town Hall discussion, The Black Market Options. Stay tuned.
What's up, everybody? This is Craig Stewart. My book's Words Never Spoken and the follow-up, One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure, can be purchased now from my website. That's www.craigtherighterstewart.com. Hey, guys, this is Talia Castellan. The current rating is Black Trans International and the founder of the Say No to Silicon Injections campaign. I started my campaign last year to keep people aware of the dangers of silicon injections. Please, 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 by all means, go to my Facebook page, Say No to Silicon Injections, 2 being the numeric number, and get as much information as possible. Educate yourself and educate your friends. We should all transition the right way and the healthy way. Thank you. Tired to wear those basic bow ties? <laughs> I'm sure. Get yourself a bow tie by some of the finest and custom luxury neckwear you ever see. Visit www.bowtiemike.com. Website launch on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, that is. Let's put an end to those basic bow ties. Hello, everyone. It's your Black America Junior, Pierre Ross Santi. I just wanted to stop by to invite you all to our Black America National Weekend. It'll be held March 17th, March 18th, and March 19th in Atlanta, Georgia. Honoring myself, Pierre Rossanti, my beautiful queen, Miss Asia Nicole Starr, Miss Black America Plus Pebble, Mr. Black America, Darion Davenport, and Miss Black America, Dominique Dumois. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at www.mbapageant.com. And remember, you too can be a symbol of excellence. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Talk with Micah. And this is your girl, T.S. Madison. Yes, God, honey. Miss Newweave, 22 inches herself. Remember, ladies, if you ain't rocking 22 inches or better, bitch, you're practically bald. Yeah, I know, maybe. I don't know. I'm still here. Y'all still here? Yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. It just went quiet on me. I was concerned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here, too. Okay, great. Okay, my guest, can you guys hear me? Now we can. Now you can, okay. (laughs) Okay, well, there was a few moments of me talking and realizing that I had my phone, I had both, I had my phone on mute as well as, (laughs) I had my phone on mute as well as the the recording or whatever, but I I have it together now, so I'm glad you guys can hear me. So at this time... You're welcome. So if you guys can mute your phones again for just a, cute, a, a quick second, um, and I'll go back to my disclaimer um, that I had in the beginning that I, I would assume my audience did not hear. 
Um, so, again, welcome back to the talk with Mike and friends. Um, but before I continue, I just want to speak to America really quickly. Um, I was never big on politics, you know, even though being the president of my student body and holding various student council positions in grade school, I thought that I was doing something. But I was never really into politics until former President Barack Obama was named our 44th president. You know, it challenged me to be more aware of what was going on within Washington, D.C., and also realizing that getting him elected is one thing, but also getting the right congressmen elected that represent our faith are most important. Um, so much is going on in Washington as we speak. And um, I need all of you that are listening to, to get involved and, and get informed before it's too late. Stand up for your community, not just the LGBT community, but all communities, because while you think things don't affect you now, wait until major changes come down the pipeline. We, we're already seeing it. So don't just vote every four years. Vote each and every time you are given the opportunity, not only on the national, but the local and state elections as well. So, again, don't just wait every four years to, to vote in your president because, yes, while that matters, your, your local and your state officials matter, more, I would say, a whole lot more than, than, than the presidency. So let's go out there and let's do what we need to do. So tonight's show, um, Black Market Options, we are going to discuss um, some things in regards to our community and, and communities abroad. Um, I know that there are many issues going on in our, in our country today. Uh, a lot of issues that we face within the LGBTQ community are sometimes being swept under the rug. Um, since starting the show back in December 2013, I've always wanted to take a deep dive into a certain topic, but was a little hesitant to bring the topic to the radio waves so early on. Well, three years have passed, and so much has transpired in between time. And like they always say, it's no time like the present. So today's show will be centered around black market options. As we all know or should know, black market is described or defined as economic activity that takes place outside government sanctioned channels or a system through which things are bought and sold illegally. While the list of black market products, trust me, are endless, it's not just one or two things, um, tonight we're actually going to discuss black market hormone therapy and black market silicone. So I wanted to invite three individuals that I have so much respect for and I felt would be the best that I've encountered that could speak to their own interactions with choosing black market options, um, the effect that it may have, has had, or will have. Um, we're actually having discussed not only their personal stories, but what it's done to not only our community but society, because it doesn't just affect LGBTQ. It affects all communities, everyone, because, of course, the, the heterosexuals, they're, they're doing it too. So I always wanted to make sure, I also wanted to make sure that I had someone from the medical arena to speak to the medical effects that it could have on the individual and what precautions individuals should take. And before I announce the guest, I wanted to make sure, and this is very, very important, everyone listening tonight or listening post the live show, that this episode is not meant and will not be used to slander, degrade, or even dehumanize people for the choices they have made to transition or enhance their bodies in any way. This show this form is solely meant to educate our community, to learn from those before you, and to understand the consequences of going an alternate route that may, that may not be or is not deemed legal here in the United States. So with all of that said, um, I want to first welcome from Miami, Florida, a multinational title holder within pageantry, but also a trans advocate within the South Florida area. I want to welcome to the show for the very first time, Ms. Tatiana Braxton. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Great to have you. Um, originally from Jacksonville, Florida, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia, a rheumatology, endocrine charge nurse, I hope I got all that right, and life coach, Mr. Andre Brown. Is that, is that right? 
Yeah, you did good. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and lastly, thank you from, so much for having me. Oh, not a problem. Thank you for joining. Uh, lastly, from Brunswick, Georgia, also residing in the greater Atlanta area, she is the reigning Miss Black Trans International. She's a trans advocate and founder of the Say No to Silicon campaign, Miss Talia Cassidine. Welcome to the show, Talia. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me, Micah. You're welcome. Um, well, again, welcome, guests, and thanks for being a part of tonight's show. Listening audience, we want you to make sure we want to make sure that this show as an as interactive as possible. Please bear with me because a lot of people don't know that I have braces now, <laughs> and they get in the way. And Andre, you already know, I already know you should already know. So if I'm stumbling, it's because these are getting up, they're getting on, they're getting on my nerves. So uh, while I while I have my line of questions and topics, I still want you all to become involved as we engage in this conversation. Um, if you have a question or a comment, you can chime right on in. If you're listening by dialing in, you can press one on your phone to alert me that you have a question or a comment, and I'll bring you on live. Um, if you are streaming from the link that I posted on Facebook, you can click on that chat icon and actually jump into the chat room and ask your questions there. You can also inbox me on Facebook. I don't mind. Um, M-I-C-A-H-P-I-E-R-C-E, Micah Pierce, M-I-C-A-H-P-I-E-R-C-E. And you do not have to be my friend to inbox me, so don't let that stop you. So let's jump right in. I'm going to go ahead and, and pose this question to Tatiana um, first, because um, we're going we're gonna to talk about, we're going to break this up in sections. So we're going to first talk about hormone therapy, um, and we'll, we'll do our second segment or second half talking about silicone. Um, but Tatiana, I think everyone listening knows for the most part what hormone replacement therapy is and what silicone is used for when injected into the human body. But I love a good breakdown. So to Ms. Braxton. Starting with the hormones, can you explain to our listening audience what is hormone therapy and why is it preferred or needed for the process of transitioning either from male to female or female to male? Well, with the hormone therapy, it is it, it works in efforts to achieve the goal being that you want to become female or if you want to become male within your transition. Um, there's a lot of avenues when it comes to the silicone and hormone therapy, but I think if we're going to stay on the block, black market issue, mm-hmm. my thing is it's affordability for people to access it. And mm-hmm. and I want to speak from a time when things wasn't accessible as they are today. Mm-hmm. We, we're in a new day and time so you can get these things through insurance. Back in the day, you the access wasn't the same. The doctors didn't give you the opportunity to get the things that you need today. And my thing with a lot of the things, like we do have people that are against the black market things, but when you are in transition and when you are trying to become male to female or female to male, it's kind of hard to explain to someone how how you feel inside and how you want to be projected in that image on the outside. And sometimes we'll take that extra length, whatever that may be, to achieve that goal. And that leads you down the road, not to say that it's a good road, but sometimes it leads you down the road. And when you have friends that have achieved that goal through that black market option, you're like, okay, maybe I can try it. It wasn't so bad. And that's what kind of leads people in that direction, not to Mm -hmm. promote it, but it happens, and sometimes it works. Okay. Um, And I'm I'm glad that you explained that, you know, even taking a step further and saying, hey, this is the reason why – People have started, or people in, in, in back in the day, you know, were taking 
the black market route because it wasn't accessible. The doctors wasn't really keen on the knowledge and, and, and about transgender, excuse me, transgenders and, and things of that nature. So I, I like that you took that step further and let us know, you know, this is really why it started and, and why people were going the black market route. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, but let me put this out there because I don't and, – and when it – because silicone is not necessarily illegal. It's the, it's the people that are using it um, or, or promoting something that's not silicone that it is silicone. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a misconception because I can't tell you that I'm against silicone because I'm not. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe where you get it from may be an issue, but I'm not against it because I have to say when you when you look back on a time and you've seen girls from in the past, and I'm talking about ten plus years of trans experience or being transgender when they were using people, not to say that it was good, that was probably giving them I'm I'm just going to use the good stuff, and you see these people and they don't have those complications. Some things did work, not to promote that it was good, but I'm not going to say never, no, it's no good, don't do it, it's going to do this, it's going to do that. That's not my stand on it because, for me, it has afforded me a very good life. And a lot of other women, a lot of entertainers, it has worked for them. So I'm not, I, I would tell that girl or guy, be careful who and what you deal with and make sure who you're dealing with and try and get to a plastic surgeon. But that can be very expensive. Right. So that's my stand some right. people may disagree, but that's my stand on it. Go ahead. Right, and no, not a problem because we because we will get again, we will get into the silicone aspect of things in just a little bit. But I want to stay on the course of just you know the actually getting the, the the hormone shots or pills or whatever the case may be. You know, getting the black market route, and not even just focusing on the black market aspect of it, but also educating people on what it actually does to the body, what it could do to the body, things of that nature, and why people even why. Excuse me. Why people even take that step to to get on hormones? Uh, and and you and you started out. I'm sorry. Well, when you when you when you want to achieve being that woman or that man, that is one of the reasons why they start. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there are some girls that or guys that may be able to access those hormones from their own doctor and maybe get extra amounts of them or shots mm-hmm. or whatever. And when they feel they don't need it, then they sell it off not to doing give it to someone to hurt, but sometimes it's to help a girl or guy that can't afford it. It's not intended to harm. They're doing it with an intention of helping. Right. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that, brought that point up, and I'll bring Andre into the conversation Um or, or ask you, because like, like, and it happens, you know, we, we've seen people who, who sell them, who actually go to the doctor, get prescribed or whatever, and then on the flip side, okay, well, as Tatiana said, you know, I'm selling them, I'm helping you, you know, this and the other, um, or that's their mind, my, their, their mind thought or their thought process is that, you know, hey, you know, yeah, I, I can make some money off of it, but at the same time, you know, I can help my girlfriend or my guy friend or whatever transition in, in, in a better way. So with that said, what are the, the – the pros and the cons, I, I, I guess I can ask that. Like, what are the pros and cons of even doing well, something like that, Andre? Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you have to understand what Tantiana is saying is so correct. This is about the black market is there, not necessarily because there's always going to be male to female transition. We know about that historically. We can take that on back to, to years and years and years and years. But mm-hmm. Tantiana is correct. This is about accessibility and affordability. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you are look when you look in your when you're trans, you look into the mirror 
and you're telling you know within yourself you're one thing and you are happy with what you look like, then you want to go and you want to do. And the people are telling you what you need to do, okay? Let's go a little bit deeper about hormone replacement therapy because most of the time it's, it's estrogen, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, that is for what we call secondary sex characteristics. That's for, for the, you know, you want breasts, you want to appear, you know, hips. You know what I'm saying? You want to reduce the hair follicles in your face and other areas. So that's normally most times than not is it's some type of estrogen therapy, which comes in all forms, pills, subcutaneous injections, which is like in the skin. They even have gels now. But that is a very formatted in the normal health system. That is a very formal thing. They tell you, oh, you, you need to come in and you need to see an endocrinologist. Oh, I need to give you an evaluation. So I need to make sure that you have been living your life as a woman for X amount of period of time. And there's all those restrictions, which unfortunately, you know, some of the trans, uh, either whether they're male or female or female or male, you know, that's not an easy thing to to do. I mean, for those that have money, that are supported by their families, that have a certain economic background, yes, they can. You know, a lot of these kids, some of their parents will go and say, oh, my baby, you know, is 12. She's telling me that, or he's telling me that she really wants to be a woman. They take them to a psychologist, and they go and they go to a endocrinologist, and they do everything that they want to do pre-puberty, which is the best time to start any type of hormone replacement therapy because you never go through puberty. You never get the, the, the deep voice. You don't get the broad shoulders, you know, all of that. But when you're older and you don't have that type of, you know, support system, either financially or whatever, then you still have that mentality. You're still either a male saying that I am a female, I feel like a female, and I want to look like a female. It's just like anything else. You want to be able to go and do what you want to do. And there are places that you can go. Most any major city, any place that you go, if you go to, a trans bar or you go to the girl where the girls where they say work so called, then you'll be able to find some or be able to find access to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh definitely it's gonna happen. You know, my right. thing about it is that I want the you know, this show, my purpose here is to want the people to do to that is to educate yourself. And Tatiana is so correct because she's an icon, you know, in this industry is that what's available to you now or the ability to educate yourself this or, or to get things is much easier now than it was 10, 20, or even 30 years ago now. So things have definitely really, really changed. Most so, definitely. Now, and now that we have these avenues, like the Internet, or we have shows like yours that we're so happy for that will allow us to have good conversation and just educate the people so that if you, if there is an affordability accessibility issue, that you educate yourself on what you're taking and that you do something to see a healthcare person to at least get a baseline set of labs, check your Exactly, because that's what I was going, that's what I was waiting on for you to say that. Like that was my my. What I wanted you to really kind of speak on is that, you know, I understand we get it other ways, and I think we are generalizing it, you know, we get it other ways, but I, mm-hmm. I think it's also important that if you have the ability to go in, especially, you know, if you have insurance or whatever it can be, or there's places, I know even here in New York City, there's places where you can go and you don't actually have to have insurance, but go and get yeah. your levels and get your check, you know, get, get checked mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff because you don't know what that could actually do. That can have your your body can have an adverse effect to it. Am well, I, I am, am, 
Yeah. Go ahead. There's certain things that there are certain things that are true about hormone replacement therapy. They, I'm sorry, estrogen is prone to give you blood clots. That's just one of the documented realities of hormone replacement therapy. You are subject to blood clots. And they will tell you you need to make sure medicines are usually metabolized by your liver or your kidneys, more than likely your liver. So you need to have your liver looked at, uh, you know, to get you a good baseline and understand your own medical history before you start talking about introducing any type of prescription, non-prescription, or any type of black market medicine into your own individual body. Mm-hmm. So you right. know, you can. There are places now where you can go. You know, labtest.com. You can go in. You know, today you pay thirty nine dollars. They'll do a complete a you know, CBC or CMP. You know, that's like a uh, com- comprehensive medical profile to tell you about your you know things. They'll do a liver panel on you to tell you how your liver is working, and that for you to be able to have these things accessible to you before you start any type of you know, hormone replacement therapy, and then you need to go and follow up. If you're going to do the black market, you do need to be able to follow up. There are medical people, myself, we have numerous, you know, medical professionals in our industry that, you know, love trans and love pageants or whatever it is that you do that you can say, hey, look, I'm thinking about doing this and I'm concerned about what should I be looking for here, you know, and, and, and most of us, you know, if we don't have it second nature, like some of us do that work in that, you know, endocrine area, then we'll be able to, uh, at least a, uh, I know that a, a licensed nurse will be able to decipher the information for you and at least explain it to you of what these numbers need to say, what they need to look like, and what you need to look for to make sure that you continue to keep yourself healthy. Great. And you said, right. and, and, and Andre, you said labtest.com? Well, that's a, that's just a, that's just something I do. There's, there's no, there's no. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, all around. Because I, I was about to say. Oh yeah, go ahead. I just speak here in South Florida. We have vouchers, like in some of our programs, where mm-hmm. you can access places like Empower You, and they'll put you on a sliding scale. So if mm-hmm. you don't make, you could say you make fifty dollars a week, and you may only have to pay ten dollars or something mm. like that, and you can get things done as well, and as well as care resource. So here in South Florida, there are plenty of avenues, and if there's somebody listening that is in the South Florida area, you can just inbox me, and I can give you those places where you can go and do it the right way because there are other options, like Micah said, and like Andre was stating. There are options. Great, there are options. And I will say that they can also look up a, a federally qualified health center. It's F-U-H-C. Um, dot com federally health uh, uh, those centers are giving money from the government to to operate on sliding fee scales. Sometimes they call them community health centers. Sometimes in some areas that's what they label them. Um, so any of those you can go to. You go in. You are going to have to have some type of documentation. They're going to ask you for your proof of income, and they will adjust that amount for you to go to. You know, and you know, and I know that's difficult. I do want to quickly talk about you know, how that is, you know, it's easy for us to sit on the phone and talk about these things and telling you to go to these places. But I do, you know, we do have to talk about the elephant in the room sometimes. When you're in your early stages of trans, uh-huh. that I know that that's very difficult to to go into some of these places because you do ne- you never will know, you know what I'm saying? Most of them, you know, your, your, your health care facilities as far as some of the, like the uh, county facilities usually are kind of trans friendly, most of them because they, you know, they do a lot of, you know, other HIV work and, and, and that kind of stuff. So they can be, but you never know 
where a person is geographically located or what you're going to get into when you go into some of these places. So I do know that that can be a very scary uh, street to cross when we sit on the phone and we talk about, oh, you know, go to this place and go to that place and go to this place. But I do want to encourage them is that, you know, I, I know that's difficult, but the beauty of trans people and your health, is more important than anything that you think that you may encounter in going into these locations because this is really essential for your future and you to become what it is that you feel that you are, you know, and you own that right. You really do. And Talia, did you have something? I think. Oh, I was just listening. I was waiting for you to chime in, huh? It's a couple things that I I would like to comment on. Stop me if I'm going too far. Um, Now, of course, because we're not talking about silicone, so I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Yeah, we no no silicone conversation just yet. But anything you know, hormone related and all that. Yeah, we can talk. Well, you know, hormone related. Well, I'll I'll jump into that one because that's not actually a area that I am um, highly informed on. Only because even though I am transgender, I've never had to take hormones, Mm -hmm. um, which is a reason why um, you have to have those proper lab works done and and have a medical history of, you know, of everything in your family, including what's going on in your body. The main reason why I can't take hormones is because I'm very high risk of cancer, seeing that I've already had a little bout of that once before in the past already. Uh, so when it comes to hormones, it's not something I've really studied on just because of the fact that it's never really affected my life personally. But I will say to a lot of these girls who are trying to buy hormones off the street, you know, make sure that you are checking your, your levels, your, your, your blood tests are being done, you know your, your medical history with your family. If you don't know, try your best to find out um, because it could be very um costly in the future if something was to go wrong with you. Um, but, you know, I'm just going to wait on the, the, the silicone part because that's where I really want to jump in there. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem, not a problem. Um, so, again, I, I think what, what, I, what I've taken from what, you got, what um, the three of you have talked about, um, and if there's anything else that we need to, to add on, most definitely let me know. But, you know, you, you have options out there in relation to or as it relates to um, estrogen or hormone replacement therapy. You know, you, you have the gels. And, cause, and I actually know someone. Actually, I know someone that has um, Andre that is doing the patch. It's oh, like a patch now. Yeah. Transdermal, that's what they call that right Okay, okay. Administration. Okay, see? So a lot of you may not want to get the shots, you know, or don't like to take – because you have people that don't like to take pills and you got people that don't like to, to do shots. <laughs> hey, you, you, have, you, you, can, you can do the, the patch or whatever. But, yeah, so you have the patch, the gels, um, the, the pills that you can take, and, as well as the shots. So those are um, some – well, those are the options that you have. But, you know, like uh, we all have said on this line is that – you know, if you can or, you know, since there are options out there for you or there's avenues for you to take, you know, hey, go and try, you know, and get your, your, your blood work, you know, get your blood work and see where you, where you stand before you just actually, you know, take something off of the street or whatever the case may be. And because what I don't and, want – go ahead. And you – and to take it a step further, and, and like you said, the elephant in the room that we're not addressing, and being that I work in 
across the board. I work in prevention, I work in care, and I work in hormone therapy. I work through all of it with the Department of Health in Broward County. And mm-hmm. you said the elephant room, it's very hard, and sometimes there are some trans women and trans men don't even want to go do blood work because they don't want to find out what that case may be. Right. The wrong thing come up. Right. So you have to look. Although all those things are, are play a part in why they may not want to do certain things and take that route. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. Thank you for bringing yeah. up. Um, and, and 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 that's the case. And 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 you know what's what's that saying? You know, you can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. You know, sure. and that's yeah. And we're not preaching. You know, but I think that for the most part, we're educating and we're teaching. And I learn new stuff every day through my research and and and, and whatever. And that's my challenge to myself and I know even for let's not even talk about hormone therapy let's not even talk about silicone let's not even talk let's just talk about even in the black community a lot you know I can remember we just don't want to go to the doctor unless we're we're literally on our deathbed right you know and that and that's something that that's birthed in us from our grandmothers and grandmothers you know go in the backyard and get this get some Get this oil, get this, get, you know, all that type of stuff, you know. And I'm going to say that I, I, that happened, what, a year or so, maybe, well, two years ago almost, I knew that something was not, something was going on in my body that I didn't know what the hell it was or whatever. Your toes started tingling, they started tingling. I'm like, what is going on? Come to find out, I have high blood pressure, knowing that it's in my family, but, you know, I think I eat good. I don't eat a lot of salt. I don't do un- so. It, so it couldn't have been that, you know. But then but then I go to the urgent care. Oh, you don't have high blood pressure. Well, baby, I just went to the CVS. It, it said, you know, I'm one something, something. You know, I'm a Google fanatic. So as soon as it pops in I'm, and it tells me I'm high, I'm going to Google and see where that is. That pre-hypertension, the hypertension, this and the other. So then I go to my doctor, and they say, oh, yeah. All, and then they did a whole blood thing, you know, blood work and give me all these different, your, your calcium and your sugar levels and all kind of stuff and say, but, yeah, your blood pressure, you know, you're, you know, teeter-tottering between hypertension and pre-hypertension. Gave me, some, um, gave me some pills. Everything's good now, you know. But that is when, and I'm 35 now, you know, but that was when I was like, okay, I've never had to go to the doctor for anything, you know. I get my, my, my um, yearly checkup or whatever. But now it's like, see, that's why we have to go because I I have uncles and aunts that I had an aunt who literally just passed away a couple of years ago, had tumors all in her body, cancerous, found out one week dead the next. And it was kind of like you have to be cognizant and aware of what's going on in your body. And, yes, I, like Tatiana said, you know, people don't want to go because they don't want to find out other things. But I'd rather you find out whatever's going on rather than not. Again, we can only lead you to the water. We can't make you drink it. But. Just know that there's options out there, and I'll get with Andre and I'll get with Tatiana to get more information for South Florida, get some websites up on so I can post it when I post the actual show and, um, you know, and, and, and point you in some, some different, you know, avenues across the country. So thank you for that. Um, I did some research, and I wanted to um, – I want to actually run down this list really quickly, and we kind of already kind of talked about it but um, that I found. But before I do, I wanted to play a snippet of a video from ABC News that actually features someone that we all may know. We may not know them personally, but we know of them, um, and that being the beautiful Ivana Black, who lives here in New York now. Um, here in this video, which I transferred to audio, and I cut it down. You know, I didn't want to play the whole thing, but I transferred to audio for radio purposes. She explains her reasoning and the reasoning behind most trans women 
going the black market route for hormones and for silicone. So I'm going to play it really quickly, and then we'll come right back to discuss, and then we'll move forward um, with other information. Again, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or whatever that you may have and you're listening, you can choose to press option number one, and I'll bring you in. So let me go ahead and play this um, this audio of Ivana Black, and we'll be right back. So hold for me, please. I've been using black market drugs off and on for my entire life. I don't think the black market drugs helped me in the end. I think they saved me in the end. They saved my life because I was able to transition without asking anyone to transition. My name is Ivana Black. That's the name I use. Um, and I'm 44. I think it was difficult because I never felt like a boy. But I had to dress like a boy. I was supposed to act like a boy. I had to perform like a boy. When I first heard transitioning, of course, I'm in the Midwest. And then I started to hang out with more of the girls who were doing the drag. And that's when I started finding out about birth control pills and hormones and, like, that you could have surgeries, um, silicone, and the different things that you could do to augment your body so that you could fit into society um, and pass. Because that was really the goal, is to pass as a girl. You could go online through whatever social network you choose to use. You always go to where the girls work, where they work on the street, and make their money to survive. And those girls usually can tell you where the hormones are, where the doctors are, where the silicone is at, where everything's at. And that's usually where you would go. The process of going to where girls work on the street to get it is a little sketchy because usually it's a location that you're not familiar with. And so it's really dark. And I know girls have gone out there and been robbed trying to get their hormones. There's a group of girls that that's all they know. They're in their 40s, 50s, 60s. This is how they've always gotten it. But it's scary because sometimes, I mean, and when I was younger, I got my shot in between parked cars and an alley or something just because that's the only place I could get it. Certain parts of my body have silicone. And the main reason for the silicone is just like any augmentation. It is just to feminize. You need breasts. That's the idea of what a woman's supposed to be. You need some hips. So silicone versus the price of a plastic surgery. So if a person were to get their forehead done, their cheeks done, their chin done, these surgeries would cost like $1,200 for a good face, right? Versus plastic surgery, facial feminization, it's something like $18,000. We have to have approval from the doctor, approval from the insurance company, and letters to prove everything just to start hormones. And most places won't give you the hormones unless you've been living as a girl for like a couple months to a year. I still get hormones outside of my prescription. The only reason I do that is because sometimes they're a little stronger and I just need that extra little boost. It is survival. It's the only way to get from the boy to the woman who can survive because that space in between is so hard. So many trans people don't have a history. You know, their history is just who they are right now. And when they die, no one else would remember they're even here. And I'm thankful that my family will always keep me alive. 
they will always keep me alive. And they will definitely tell people I was here. And that was Ivana Black. Um, well, she from the Midwest but lived right here in New York City, and she was talking about um, just her experiences as it relates to hormone therapy or getting, you know, hormones or estrogen or whatever on the black market way in silicone. And it's, it's a lot of what, you know, um, we've all already been talking about, just really trying to be able to live that life, live the life that you feel on in the inside or, or be the person that you feel on the inside and making it, you know, transcend on the outside. Um, so uh, I thought that was very beautiful. I mean, it's a little bit longer than that, but I, I thought it was very beautiful and it hit a lot of the points that, that we already talked about. Um, which is great. That means that we're right on, you know, right on topic. But um, did anyone have anything they wanted to say in regards to what they heard, or did it bring back any memories or anything? Actually, for me, it didn't bring back any memories. It it it, it touched right on what I was saying. It, and mm-hmm. like I, I'm not gonna bash all of that stuff because right. I've been in that same been in. Not that I promote it, but I can't bash it because I know she said it best. That's the way of survival for some people. It yeah. saved her life. And I can't say, and it helps me. I can honestly say it has transitioned me, like, in my whole complete life. And, 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 I, and maybe some may take this differently, but it gave me a life that I just can't explain. So I can't sit here and say, you know, None of that was worth it or none of it happened, but we do have horror stories, and I've seen them. I've been in situations where something in my own home, but at the same time, and personally, even I had complications, which I see that will be later on down the line. But, I mean, you know it happens, but it's a true reality for some of us in this lifestyle. And, and you got to remember, and when you are, and I have to say this with no disrespect to anybody that's out there, when you, when you feel like a woman and you are a real trans woman and you're not flip-flopping back and forth and not sure what you want to be, to become that woman, sometimes you'll go any length to get there, whatever yeah. it takes for you to get to that woman. Not any means necessary. And and I'm glad you um. Can, can you guys hear me? Because I switch headsets. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yes. So 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 Tatiana, you said the flipping the back and the forth or whatever was the question that that I had. Um, maybe for Andre or or or, or you, any one of us, any one of you on the line, like flipping back and forth, like when you when you're taking hormones and you're doing this and you're you know you know doing all this to your body or whatever. Um, trying to make it go through that, that transition that you like, and then you go back and then you get off for a long period of time and then you go back on. Does that do anything to the body at all, Andre or Tatiana, that you know of? I think more psychologically because, you know, these these hormones now are not just about, you know, that that, that would be great if you could just say, oh, I'm going to take this pill and then I'm going to have breath and it's going to give me hips and that's all I got to do. Everything got a side effect. So, of course, when you start taking these hormones, there's a lot of depression, there's a lot of, you know, other things that kind of come up within your body. So, you know, I don't think any trans person really probably, it's, it's not like that. It's not like taking a blood pressure pill that you take three times a day right. every day. Right. You know, there, there, it, it, there will be times that you will, you know, have an influx and you take estrogen or you may take one of the other anti-androgens, which is, you know, another type of medicine that they take to, to combat getting a deep voice and different stuff like that. So, um, But it, you, you don't really do it like that. I mean, you do it and you, you, you progress and then you may pull back a little bit. You know, that's why I say it is very important to, to seek some medical assistance and get blood work done because 
you know, those values don't always, okay, I take this one pill and so my estrogen level is going to be at this for X amount of period of time. That's not, that's just not reality. We know we okay. all are, 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 are per- perfectly imperfect, as you can say, and that's why you right. need to talk to a provider to get a test so that you can find out to keep your levels and whatever they have to do to get that level and what you're trying to produce, you know, is good. You, you know, it would have to go years, I would think, you know, because once you get fat distribution in the areas that you want to get them, they don't kind of really go away because you may start getting hair back on your face. You may start growing facial hair, and some other things may start to kind of happen, but you don't ever really, I don't think, resort back to. So it's kind of hard to kind of say that you don't flip back and forth. I think what Nassiana is talking about is more so of the level of confusion of whether, okay, do I want to be a girl and wear girl clothes? No, that's what I'm talking about. Right. That, that, that's that's okay. what I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but you know I, what I'm saying? You know, do I want to be a boy? So, you know, you got boy clothes, you got boy clothes in this closet over here, and right. you got girl clothes over in this closet over here. And I think what she's talking about is the level of fulfillment of where you can be, mm-hmm. who you really are, and express yourself unlimitedly, not just turn it on, turn it off. You, that this is who you are. You are happy in your skin, and you're able to walk out your front door, dressed as so, feeling as so, and as such. I think that that is what's so empowering, and I think that's what she's talking about, is that you will do everything to get to yeah, that because, point. And not only that, there's this, you, have, you have the entertainers out there that are boys that will get these hormones black market because it's going to feminize them when they get into their drag. And they mm-hmm. do get silicones and stuff. They get all that stuff as well to try and help them look a certain way. So they go back and forth. And I think this is a good avenue to let them know that they need to get it the correct way because they'll feel like, oh, let me just get this for my girlfriend. This going to make right. me because it to soften them up. But sometimes they don't even have a thought of transition to a woman. It's just for the same. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Yes. Um, I, I actually listened to that whole interview of the audio that you um, just played, and I, and I see that audio as part of our history. I wouldn't see it as something that people need to look as a way of doing things now. And the reason why I say our history is because the resources were not available back in the day, according to what I've heard, because I'm not the oldest girl in the world. But... Uh, Things have changed, times have changed, resources are available. So were people getting these hormones, these black market hormones through the you know, their duties or buying them off of the internet because they, they you know, will feel more comfortable in the skin that they were in? Yes, they were doing that, just like people were getting silicone back in the day because there weren't resources available. But considering that that this is two thousand seventeen and we have been approached by so many different resources. If only we just open our phone and type in the Google search. We can find mm-hmm. any type of research uh, and resources. So I don't see the purpose of even going the route of black market hormones just because there are places like my organization, the Black Trans Advocacy Conference, um, which will actually help you find a primary care physician. If you do not have the insurance, we will help you find the insurance. If you need hormones, my fundraiser for Say No to Silicon Injections will actually pay for it. 
So considering that there are so many resources, and, then, you know, just like we had made the comment earlier about the um, – we were trying to expose the elephant in the room saying that, you know, people may not be comfortable going to certain types of clinics because we don't know how they're going to approach us being part of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Well, baby, ain't no thing, it's nothing more uncomfortable than being an Army veteran walking into a VA hospital as a trans woman. It's nothing more uncomfortable than that to see all these these World War Two veterans sitting in this hospital and they looking at you. They don't call you by your boy name, but you they sitting here like, well, where is he at? Then all of a sudden you say, oh, that's me. Right. So, but, you know, y'all, I have seen the tough and the gritty. I've seen that. But now we have these resources that are sending people to places that are comfortable with you being the person that you are. And I think the more we start promoting those resources and those type of organizations, the easier it will be for our community to do things the right totally way agree. instead of doing things the black market way. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, to- totally agree on that. Um, I have some callers here. So I-, I-, I have two callers that have a question or comment, and then we'll move higher in the program, as my grandma used to say. Um, but um, all, of what, all of what you guys have said is spot on. Um, and there was something I, I wanted to, because we were talking about, you know, some people, um, well, we were talking, we were saying something in reference to, like, oh, you're having to live, um, some some places won't even give you a hormone or give you the, the, the prescription to take hormones unless you've been living as a, you know, a woman or living as um, a guy for a certain amount of time. But I did research um, maybe about two years ago. And I heard of something or know something now called informed consent, um, which basically means that you don't have to go through that whole route of seeing a psychiatrist and going through that and then having them sign off and say, okay, yeah, you can go take them now. There's a, a, a certain states allow you to do an informed consent where you say, I, I know this, what the dangers could be. I, I know what could happen. I, this is what I want to do. I don't need nobody else to, to co-sign you know, for me, here it is, sign your signature or whatever, and then, you go, then you're able to go to the next step of getting prescribed hormones. So that's also an option. But, again, and that's for people that may not want to sit there and talk or do not even have the, the necessary money to spend on a psychiatrist. So, again, just use your resource because there are a lot of them out there. But I want to go to area code 678. Um, I'm going to bring you on the line. It looks like you may have a question or a comment, so I'm going to bring you on area code 678. The last four of your number is 9104. So 678 is the area code, 9104. I'm bringing you on. You are now live right. to talk with Mike and friends with Tatiana, Andre, and Talia. So can you give me your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment, please? Yeah, my name is Ray Gibson. I'm in the Atlanta metro area. Um, hi, Ray. And I'm a vet- hi. Um, I'm a veteran, and I've been listening to the conversation, which um, is more geared. Well, I won't say geared towards um, male or females, but uh, on the female to male spectrum, I just wanted to bring up a point that mm-hmm. testosterone pills are very dangerous because they can oh, okay. really screw up your liver. So, in case of FPMs. Pills is not really an option right now. That's being completely ruled out worldwide. Um, okay. The other thing is that as a veteran, I feel bad for the uh, male to females that have to go into the VA uh, because that's not the experience I had getting testosterone from the Veterans Administration. 
Um, mm. they, they don't look sideways because I, when I dress like a boy, nobody questions that. And it's really a fucked up standard in this country. Um, mm-hmm. And the last thing um, I wanted to say was I forgot. Ah, whatever it was <laughs> I was going to say, it just fell out of my head. But um, I just wanted to basically say that about the pills, the various forms of mm-hmm. hormone replacement therapy for, you know, the males. Um, okay. And that the so pill let, is let not me, good option. Let, yeah, let me ask you a question, Ray. So you said that the pill is not a good option. It's very hard on the liver. So my question to you, is that something that they actually ruled out and there's, it's nowhere on the, like they're not prescribing it, but people probably can still get it black market? I don't know if they can get it black oh, market, but it has been ruled out of the... Uh, okay. Uh, female to male option. Oh, and right. the last thing I was going to say, I just remembered. I researched what this was all about for four years, or three mm-hmm. to four years before I got on HRT. I didn't play around mm-hmm. with it because it can be very dangerous, um, whether it be estrogen or testosterone, especially if you take too much of it. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Agree. Agree. So thank you so very much, Ray, again, for joining in, but also letting us know about the female to male testosterone pill and how it's, you know, hard on the liver. Don't do that. We don't even, don't do it black market. Don't do it at all. But, um, you know, so, so, so my thing is, so, so my thing for uh, Ray is that, is it that you're doing like the shots, I would assume? I started with patches. I started with patches, had a very bad reaction and had to go to the shop. So, yeah, I've been doing the shops for uh, over a year. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much, and thank you for calling in and giving us that good information. I appreciate that. Thank You're welcome. You. Mm-hmm. All right, we have one more caller. I think they're from the, the Miami area. But what were you saying? Um, were you saying something, Andre? No, I was just kind of, you know, going to kind of piggyback on the, uh, oh, go ahead. the testosterone, which, which, you know, that's a – class of medicine is that uh, androgens, and the, he, you know, he is very correct in that. You know, the mm-hmm. pill form are very damaging to your liver. You know, mm-hmm. and what he's talking about when he says that they're not recommended and they're not doing this, most doctors in this country, you know, we have a, a very highly regulated country. Yeah. You know, we have the FDA, which is the Federal Drug Administration, and different things like that. But the same thing for medical doctors. When medical doctors take their licensing test, they are basically saying that we will go by the clinical guidelines of this country. And mm-hmm. all of these, and if you think about clinical guidelines, and you can uh, Google them, every, you know, everything you can think of, hypertension, diabetes, have clinical guidelines that they go by. That they say if your patient has this and that, you treat with this and you treat with that. And so for this transition, for this HRT for female to male, I think what he's saying is that they are saying that that is not the preferred or treatment is to take to take oral testosterone because it's damaged up. So they're probably removing that from the clinical guidelines and they're saying that you're only going to be able to do it um, yeah. to take subcutaneous take shots, which are probably yeah, going to I- I agree with Andre because, um, um, yeah, from the trans men that I deal with, no one takes take, um, oral um, pills. You're right. And he's right. That's mm-hmm. correct. But we never touched on the trans man experience. And with them, they definitely have to check their levels because it can reverse things as well. So it's mm-hmm. very important for yeah. the trans men. Most definitely. 
thank you. You know, but the sad thing again, you know, we say we talk about this, you know, but by any means necessary, because it's the same thing. You know, we sit here and we're having this conversation, and which I think is is great to put this out there. But we also need the the the, the backing of the people and the other trans right. and trans people yes. out there too. So the, when they either hear these conversations or they run up against the younger generation, because I, I shouldn't say younger, because transition happens at all time periods. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, you're trans when you're 15 or, you know, you try to work through it and you don't really, really become, say, oh, I'm, I'm going to be trans at 25 or, you know, right. any of that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it happens for all of us. There are plenty of men that feel that they're women on the inside, and we know some of those that are, you know, popular and stars, but there are other normal, regular people in the world that go through and men may have children and married and get divorced and then they decide, you know, I want to be really who I am now and vice versa. So we really, it comes at all stages, you know, of your life, but, you know, we really got to be careful and for those that have gone through it to be supportive and to be um, very forthcoming with educating Mm -hmm. or or taking this tool that we're talking about tonight and reinforcing it and getting it out there into the community and saying, oh, no, you don't want to really do that, or, girl, don't, you know, don't do, don't take that pill like that. Let's go do this, that, and other, or share this. Or do it the right way. Right, do it the right yeah, way. Yeah, do it the right way. See, you know, we have to, you know, meet that resistance because, you know, some people say, oh, I'm not talking to you, but we have to really, especially this year, Michael, you talked about this a little earlier about the state that we are in, you know, in Washington, now is the time that we are going to have to channel our money and our own individual resources into our own community because nobody is going to be looking out for us and supplying for us. And we have a lot of undocumented money as well as documented money that we can take because there's no reason that we should not be able to open our own trans clinic with the likes of, you know, Tatiana's organization and these others that we have for these places for these trans people to go to get the proper information and to get good, safe care. And I think Most that's definitely. something that we need, to look, we need to look at moving forward mentally in our minds as we try to endure these next four years is that how can we band together and create yeah. a safe haven for our own? And I agree with you, Andre, on that. And and that's, that has been something that I've been struggling with here in South Florida where I'm working on a few things as well. Because, and, and, and not to knock anyone, but when I think of advocacy, I think about someone being in the community and working for that community. And a lot of times people are tagging advocate and advocacy to their um, name, and they're not um, empowering, I say, in the way that it should be. Because when you have these platforms, to do that because and I'm going to and I'm going to say this with a lot of this pageantry that's going on when they have those numbers and they have that avenue where they can reach people sometimes that can help as well and oh yeah we have avenues to utilize to give advocates and help on other levels that are not um you know, that, that would help the community. You know, everybody, the way they use their platform, I don't knock that because I'm poor. Whatever you have to do, make that work. But sometimes if you can plug something and, and help that community, especially if you have that following, you should utilize that, especially the way that America is moving in today. Most definitely. And thank you so very much. And um, I want to uh, 
get this 305 area code because they, they've been waiting for a while. So hopefully they have mm-hmm. a question or a comment. Um, area code 305, last four is 2737. I'm going to bring you on really, really quickly. <clears throat> All right, you are live on the talk with Mike and friends. You're with Tatiana, Andre, and Talia. Can I have your name and where you're calling from? Question or comment, please. Uh, uh, my name is Jasmine, and I am um, in Hollywood, Florida. Hi, Jasmine. Can you guys hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, there's a very bad static going on. <laughs> okay. Um. I'm sorry, you know, a, a lot of what I wanted to say, I kind of forgot what I wanted to say. And then a lot of the things that I wanted to say listening have been, you know, touched already. Um, but I would like to say that, you know, listening to the video, listening to the video earlier um, of, what was her name, Ivana Black, what is her yeah. name? Yeah. Um, she spoke on some things that I was unaware of. I did not know that, you know, they that they made girls have to go through therapy just to take hormones. Like I these are things that and, and I would she said she's an older girl and, you know, I'm not a young spring chicken and I know in Philadelphia, which is where I'm from originally, there were two doctors that the girls would go to. There was Doctor Bass and there was Doctor Spectre. And Dr. Bass and Dr. Spector would give you a shot once a month, and he would give you the birth control pills to last you throughout the month and some other type of pill. But what I wound up finding out is when it came to the black market part, what made a lot of girls stray away from going to those doctors is because a lot of girls want things to happen overnight. They want everything fast, whether it's the hormones, whether it's silicone, or whatever. So if you're going to a doctor who's giving you a shot once a month and he's charging you $60 for this, but here's this girl around the way that'll give you a whole bottle and needles and all this and that for 100 bucks, a lot of the girls will go for that. And, you know, they, they rather, you know, do things fast, you know, that way. And mm-hmm. I also wanted to piggyback off of the, the part of where Tatiana was speaking of people going in and out. There There is a lot of that. I really do feel that people should know. For, for me personally, if you really feel that you're a woman on the inside, or you really feel that you were supposed to be a man. This is something that you shouldn't, it shouldn't be all these questions. If there is a question, the question only usually lies with, well, is my family going to feel away if I do this? How is society going to treat me? Because there is a fear that can come with that. But aside of that, that tinkering back and forth, I really feel that if people are so undecided that maybe I would think it's something that you should not be doing because that's a serious thing. I don't think people see how serious it is to alter your body inside and out as well on something that's just always just a hot thing to do. And I think that a lot of people do tend to do that. You know, that's why if someone comes to me and asks me, being an older girl, oh, well, do you think I should do this? And I'm not one to say, oh, yeah, well, you should go and get these shots. And No, I'm not going to do that because I do know Mm -hmm. that to me it is a serious thing. And when I see people playing it, I'm not going to lie, I do get a little perturbed by that because to me Mm -hmm. it's not a joke. 
these are our lives, and we've gone through a lot to get here. Right. You know what I mean? So the, I just wanted to say those things, but then you're going to talk about the silicone later. So I'll wait till the yeah. silicone later. In just a second. Yeah. <laughs> No problem. Thank you. You, know, you, you brought up some great points, and um, and and you actually have a question that I'll actually pose to to the um to the panel, and it's something for everyone else to think mm-hmm. about. But thank you so very much, Jasmine. I really appreciate you calling no in. No problem at um, all. And continue to listen. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, and and that's a great. What Jasmine brought up was uh kind of brought up some things because you know it's like the girls are like oh you know girls nowadays they're just you know it's it's nothing but twenty three hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars to get some some breasts and it's. There's nothing to 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 this become a woman. You know, girls are coming becoming women overnight. And she really brought up a good point that people are wanting them fast. They want it. They're wanting this this that that life a little bit fast. They want that body fast. They want all all of what comes with being a woman. But at the same time, I feel just me on the outside looking in is that you also have to be patient with yeah. the transition. You have you have to be patient. Yeah. You have to research. And like you said because we're going to move on to the, to the, to the next um, topic of a discussion, but you just have to do your research because there are resources. And, and like uh, Andre said and Tatiana said and, and, and even Talia has said in regards to resources, there's a lot of resources out there that our community is not even using. You know, so, so with, I challenge these pageantry communities, you know, and, and other, you know, advocates that have the platform is to, Put those out there because just Googling, as as Talia said, just doing a Google, a simple Google search, you will pull up so much resources just in your own area, in your own backyard. So people just do your research, especially if you're being serious about making this transition. So um, I done lost my little place. Uh, What I'm going to do now, because I I, I can skip a lot of the questions that I had because we've already answered them. Um, but what I'm going to do really quickly, give me one second here. Um, we're going to just take a quick, when I say quick, I mean a quick break, a quick breather, so we can now gather our minds and thoughts to really tackle the last 40, 45 minutes or so with um, some heavy discussion in regards to um, black market silicone or just silicone, period. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, but it's going to be probably a minute or so, don't, so I don't think it's going to be too long. But back in 2015, I hosted a talent showcase where I provided upcoming artists or singers the opportunity to display their talent via the radio. Um, they were judged by talent professionals and voted on by you, the audience. Well, I want to introduce to you guys really quickly the winner of the talent showcase back in 2015. And then once we come back from that, um, we're going to take a deep dive into the second half of our conversation. So just go ahead and hold tight, and we'll be right back. So just give me one second here. Hey, guys. This is Mark Stevens. The first winner of the Talent Showcase held right here on the Talk with Mike and Friends. Check out the acoustic version of my first single, Rain. There's more music to come along the way, but this is the first thing I've been working on since my win. Check me out. Running trying to break free I need to quench this thirst 
love is tiring This shroud is taking me to my knees I can hear the voices inside of me Begging, pleading, where is the rain? To replenish the shallow places in my sea Of insecurities exposing every broken part of me The things hidden from the world of sea Can't take this dose of my reality Oh, I, I can feel And that was Mark Stevens with Rain. Um, beautiful song, and um, I'm going to call Mark Stevens out. Mark Stevens actually was the very first Miss Gay USA newcomer. Um, but now he's taking a different route in life, and I'm so happy about it. Um, so now let's go and take, it, take a deep dive into the conversation as, as it relates to, um, to silicone. Um, this topic has been one of those that people have slipped under the rug for quite some time. You know, getting silicone injected into the body illegally was one that people really didn't talk about Ooh. or we knew were even having or had complications. Can you guys hear me fine? Am I good? Yes. Okay. It's a background something. It's something that's in the background? It's a lot of static. Okay. I know it's not my phone. Yeah, because I don't hear it. Hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to try to push through anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, but we've, we've all seen the news headlines of silicone doctors getting charged criminally in different parts of the country, people dying from complications, and, and even people getting reconstruction surgeries on national television. Um, most recently, the e-reality show Box, um, featuring Victoria Porkchop Parker, now residing in L.A., and then Raji of Florida, who I think um, Tatiana knows, who both had some facial disfigurements and silicone facial enhancements, and with the help of Dr. Bro and Dr. Nassif. So now it seems that society and the media are being honest and upfront about what's going on underground and the effects that it's having once they've decided to go that route of getting injected. So let's now go ahead and have the conversation. Um, while you do have an option with hormones to either use, you know, a doctor prescribed or purchase illegally, as we, as we talked about earlier, silicone treatment at this time is not legal in the United States. The U.S. or, or the FDA, um, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, has not approved silicone injections since 1992. Only one liquid silicone product is currently FDA approved, and that's for treating a retinal disorder usually associated with AIDS. Um, just to go ahead and make that clear. So... Let's, I, I want to go ahead and pose the question to Tatiana and to Leah. Um, the question to you. For the both of you, you know, when did you first get silicone injections and what type of headspace, because I think that's important, what type of headspace were you in during that time that allowed you to, to take that, that, that big step? Who, do, to Leah, do you want to go or you want me to go? Because I can tell you my headspace was in, the headspace I was in. <laughs> to Leah, you want, you want to start? Yeah, I'll go. Um, because, uh, you know, everyone has their their reasons, and, and I'm pretty sure mine is, is going to be a lot different than Tatiana's. Uh, when I first got silicone injections, it wasn't because I was transitioning. I was actually just trying to um, – I was trying to fit in. I was trying to feel um, like the other boys. You know, I, I first got my lower body done. I got my butt done. And, you know, I was one of those people that, you know, we used to pick on saying not at all, no ass at all. So uh, I wanted to do something to get my butt bigger. But the thing is, my at the time, I thought that I could trust my friends. So when I started hearing my friends talk about silicone injections, I never heard them say anything bad about it. 
I never heard them talk about complications. I didn't hear them talk about death. Um, all I was hearing about is the fact that they love their body. So I went to a couple people uh, and was directed to somebody that told me all the good things, but none of the bad things. So I, I was coming from a space of just being green. I, I wasn't re- doing any research. I wasn't trying to find out anything because of the fact that I had too much trust. So mm-hmm. I just went by what people told me to do. Mm-hmm. And from there, um, you know, a couple years later, then I started to transition. But as far as getting silicone done, you know, from the beginning, that's where I started. Okay. All right. And um, Tatiana, where was your head? Um, well, the head, <laughs> the head who, is that because the head space I was doing quite a lot to do with me wanting to achieve that goal of being that woman. And I can remember sitting, and I can tell you the two trans women that really put me in a space. Um, I looked at Lee Mark and I looked at Esmeralda Russell. And she's a former Miss Florida, and everybody knows Lee Mark. And when I looked at that, all I could think was, that's what I want to do. That's going to make me do just what I need to do. And it was about being a woman, and that's all I think. I, cause I, wanted, I didn't think about anything negative or anything bad. And here we had doctors that were giving these women the look, and there were no complications. And like Talia said, kind of like the same. You didn't hear the bad things. All you seen was the good. And I have to say, fortunately, I, I was lucky. Um, I got a little bit here and there. Um, and I met someone that told me they knew someone that would give me exactly what I was looking for because I can't speak of that for me. I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys are convicted by truth, but I'm way back. And when you watching like the move something women, looking at them gave you a whole different mindset. You know, I never wanted to be the Naomi Campbells and all those other people. I knew the woman I wanted to be, but I knew there was roads that I had to go down to get it. And and the women took me down those roads, and luckily I um, I didn't have any complications from it but one time. But that never stopped me from trying to get to that woman because guess what? After that complication, I still went right back down that same road. No one was able to tell me, doctors, even the policemen asked me who did that or what happened because they wanted to go find who did what that was that they did. But I wouldn't say anything because I was protecting that person because I didn't want nothing to happen to that person because I felt like, oh, they're going to give me what I'm looking for. I was trying to achieve something. I had right. a goal, and that's all I see. I didn't see anything else. It was tunnel vision. Mm, interesting. Okay, so and and I and I and um enjoy and thank both of you for um, providing me with your you know your headspace and, and your responses in regards to where you were and, and and how it all happened. So so here's my question in regards to to just silicone. Um, and it's it's not even does it, it, it kind of transcends far past even just our community. But for our community, why do you think most trans women feel like it's a necessity? to have some sort of body work to feel like that they are women. Oh, I think it's faster. I'm going to be honest. 
this is my thing in that process. You got a whole lot of women running around here, and the truth of the matter is when you look at a, a woman, you got some thin woman that's shaped like Uncle Tom, and you got some, you got a lot of things going on. Yeah. A woman, a beautiful woman come with some type of courage. I'm, I'm just mm. being real. The women that we idolize, well, not that we idolize, but a lot of women are looking at it that they want to be, that they mm-hmm. portray with the Jennifer Lopez and the Beyonce and the Rihanna's and the this and the that. Some of these women, they come with curves. So we have to be real in this process. And sometimes the hormones will take you to a certain level, and you got to get that extra boost. And that's what that's about. Not saying that it's a good thing, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it happens now. They got the fat transfer and all that other stuff that they do. Mm-hmm. But like Paula said earlier, that's expensive. And if you can yeah. go down the corner, down the corner, and get a piece of shot here and, and 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 a little something there, it happens. And then you have to think about this too, Micah, Andre, Antalia. When you have our entertainers are getting on these stages and they're getting naked, and some of these girls have had mm-hmm. got silicone and got beautiful bodies. When you mm-hmm. see that young girl in that audience and she's sitting out there looking at that, honey, she's not thinking about, oh, I'm going to get killed or, or what may happen, how to get it. All she's thinking about, oh, my goodness, oh, what I need to do and what I got to do to get that. So some of those people have to take the same responsibility as advocating because if they're advocating how beautiful it is that I am standing up here and looking at all this gorgeousness, you need to explain to them girls at that time as well, we have to work together as a whole, not just one or two people, because there's a lot of things out there that tip these women to take those routes too. Yeah. Yeah. And and, 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 and I'm sure most I'm I'm sure most times, like you said, Tatiana, they're looking on stage and they see this beautiful girl and she you know, half naked, or she just has a beautiful silhouette. You know, it's like a lot of those aspiring younger girls or younger women, um, you know, are reaching. Are some nowadays they're going straight to the source. It's not about oh 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 I'm going to ask this girl to ask her to ask her. Some of them are saying mm-hmm. your body is beautiful. I love it. How did you get it? Where did okay. you get it? Where can mm-hmm. I go? And like you said, Tatiana, mm-hmm. that's the time right then that you should say, okay, baby, let me give you my number. And we'll talk. And then when you have that conversation, you have the conversation of this is how I got it. Because you don't, you want to be you want to be open and honest. You don't want to lie to them, but be open and honest. But also give them the A through Z. Not not just say okay, girl, this is the person that does it. They're gonna charge you this, and you know because now you're doing your community a disservice. You're doing that person a, a disservice. Right. You know you're not allowing them. You're not even educating them. When at that point you should know. The, the do's and the don'ts of, of of going that route, you know. So I think that is very important. You know, Micah, it's, it's kind of funny that you even um, said that because we just had Sweetheart International newcomer recently, and the opening for the uh, for the pageant was Dominatrix. Mm-hmm. So of course we, I came out there with my cat suit on, this little stretch leather, and then my little tip around outfit was was a sheer outfit. And I actually had a couple people in the audience say to Natalia, "How are you gonna tell people don't do silicone and your body look like this?" Mm-hmm. But baby, the second that somebody even says anything about my work, I am known for saying, "Thank you, baby. It looks good, but guess what? It's wrong." Mm. I will be quick to say that, and 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 the the problem is a lot of these girls aren't going to say that because that would have to they would have to admit that they did something wrong. And as long as you're not admitting that you did something wrong, you're putting glamour on your body, and you're you're putting that glamour in their head that's making them go and get, get this stuff because you didn't tell them no. 
You just right. took their their what they their, their um their compliment and let it roll. Mm-hmm. You, I, I, you I, have I, to I, stop I, educate. I want to that. I agree with you to an extent. I I agree with you to an extent, but where I come to sense with that is some of those women might not think they did anything wrong. I think it's their job to, just like you said earlier, I think they should explain to them, like Micah said, um, what it took to get to this, and this may not be the route that you want to go. Right. Um, there's other routes you could use to get to this point, to this point but, mm-hmm. you know, my route might not be the route, although I may be looking the way that I look. Um, because some people may not read them achieving that goal of being that woman like Ivana said that saved her life. So she may not look at it if a girl walk up to her and say, oh, Ivana, your, your body is beautiful. She's not going to think that she did something wrong. She's thinking that it has helped her and propelled her into the woman that she wanted to be. So it's, it's kind of like that's, a, that's, a, that's on the fence with me, and that's why I said I can't necessarily beat it up. But what I do is educate those women that do come to me and say, oh, I want this, or oh, I like this, or oh, this, this, and that, like yourself. I agree with mm-hmm. you on that part. It is our job to educate them. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think, and we all know, even as children, you're, 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 when you were a child, your parents say, don't do this, don't do that, or whatever. When you go out in the world, you need, you know, but we still go and we still, oh, well, I'm a, yeah, I, know, I know that my mama told me not to do this, but I'm going to still do it anyway, or whatever. They're going to test it. They're gonna do so. You can only you can only give them you know. Hey, this is advice. This is what happened. Da, 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 da. But it's not that you're promoting it and telling them, okay, yes, my body looks good. This time I haven't had much issues or no issues at all or whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's going to be up to that individual to see. You can beat it right. to to your blue in the face. It's still going to be up to that individual to say, you know, hey, I'm going to do it because that's that's their body. And as long as you have been able to do right by them by giving them the true tea and the honesty and, and being, you know, uh, transparent with them, you have done your job. You have done your job. When, now, when you have not said anything, and you, like you said, and you allowed them girls to do whatever, and you, you know, kind of walked them right into the, to the girl's living room or the, girl, or the girl's basement without <laughs> giving them the, the pros and the cons or whatever, right. then that's when, you, you know, you, you, you've just done it all the wrong way. So, right. Tatiana said, go ahead. And and I agree with you because, and, 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 and I was one of them girls that was, was about that life, and, and everybody knows, like, when I was in the news for that, for that, um, mm-hmm. you wasn't walking the girl into the living room. It's in my living room what you got when you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now it's a different story. You know, I have still, but, yeah, right. I mean, just, you know, it's different when you sit up and you listen to it. But yeah. go ahead. Um, so, so you said something earlier that I had a question for anyway, and it's for the both of you. What has your body done for you that it may not have done if you had chosen not to augment your body? What what has your 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 your, your body? What has that allowed you to to, to get in life and and all of that? Because I, I you know I'm interested. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep it regular. But yeah, keep regular, keep regular. <laughs> Regular conversation. Okay. It has transitioned me into the woman that I wanted to be. I can honestly say that woman, I used to wear um, hip pads when, mm-hmm. before I got double. 
and I was padding the way my body is now. And I've never, never, and, I, and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up, I've never wanted to be the ordinary woman. I always wanted to walk in the room and they stop. If I didn't walk by you and you didn't turn your head, that means I didn't do it right. That's what I wanted. That was my woman, not right. nobody else. That's what I said. Right. When I got to that point, I said, you know what? I'm here. I don't need to get no more. I stopped. I was right. done. I didn't need no more. I'm like, thank you, God. I'm lucky. I see a lot of these women that get a whole lot of stuff. They go way overboard. I'm like, baby, what happened? What happened to you? And I know right. some people say, once upon a time, like, why did she get all that stuff? Because now everybody caught up to where I always been. You know, I've been running around here booting this for years, years, years ago, and they like, where's all that stuff? Now I'm looking at people like, God damn, what's what's she? What's she? Ooh, she got a whole lot. Oh, they don't they don't show me how to do it. And you just and and and, and I take that back to the K Michelle, to the Nicki Minaj. Uh-huh. On the heterosexual level, that's just what we promote on the television. That's just where our America has and. And some people don't have the money to get that like some of those um, stars may have it, so they take those routes too, and they go down that that same black market corner we talking about. Them mm-hmm. heterosexual women mm-hmm. right down there, and they run into complications as well. So Most it definitely. Just, yeah, it just happens, and it's like for me, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know. I've been doing what I do for a very long time, and this body still kicks, baby. And it's okay. Still and, I, and, I, and I say this, and I don't gloat. I thank God every day, and I feel that I am very lucky that I can take my clothes off and stand in front of the mirror and say, girl, you is giving them hell. And I, and, and I thank God. I don't think it's nothing to, to gloat about, but I thank God that I was lucky enough to get through the adversities and those challenges and those things that have happened to a lot of people that I know personally, um, things that happened um, with the incident that was in my home. It's just that I, I, I'm just glad that I got through that. The right. Whole but, I mean, it has done me good. I can tell you my body didn't do me good. Oh, Lord knows it has done me good. I'm solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, um, oh, and, it, um, and it's, Go, well, Tilly, I'm coming to you in just a second. Um, it was something that, Tatiana, you said uh, earlier on about the good stuff or whatever and, and, and how we were talking about that, you know, the girls may see this and they may see the girl on the stage or whatever. And a lot of those girls have had that work for a very long time and that being considered, quote, unquote, good work, you know. But a lot of that good work is, not, is, is no more, you know, because we've seen no. people kind of, you know, mixing whatever the case may be. And mm-hmm. so that's another thing that I, I hope that if ladies are being approached or whatever, that, that you tell them, you know, stuff is not what mm-hmm. it is anymore. I don't even know a lot of the older girls that are still going out and getting it, getting it done because it's like, girl, if this is all I have. This is all I'm going to get because I don't I know what let, this woman is going to put in me. People not, I wouldn't let them touch me. Right. <laughs> I don't know what they do. They couldn't put nothing on me, dog. They couldn't melt it and pour it on me. I right. don't want none. I could. Baby, you take that down the street. That's what I tell you. You don't know what they hooking up. Nah, baby, I'm straight. Oh, I need to touch up? Mm, I'm good, baby. I'm going to just hold on to this. There's a whole lot of women running around here that got a little cellulite or whatever that looks like. I'm just going to keep this. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-mm. Exactly. Talia, go ahead. 
I was I, I love listening to Tatiana talk. I really do. <laughs> um, but you know, of course, I'm going to always be a little different. And it came from a, a place of reality. Mm-hmm. Now, when I got my my body, and did I feel comfortable in that body? Yes, I did. Was I was I happy about what I saw in the mirror? Yes, I was. But let me tell you, when I really started feeling like a woman, I really started feeling like a woman when I found out that my body was wrong. Because then it opened my eyes to the understanding that all of this stuff that I did to my body did not make me a woman. I was Mm -hmm. a woman before I got silicone injections. I was a woman before thinking about even uh, even knowing about hormones. All that other stuff gives you that fake confidence. But we was we must all understand that we should start believing in ourselves and trusting in ourselves and build our own confidence without the the silicone. Now, you also uh, made a comment about the good stuff. And and I'm a, and I'll be the first to tell y'all that there is no such thing as the good stuff. I don't care if you got that that quote unquote good stuff 30, 40 years ago, because there's people in 2017 dying from that good stuff from 30 years ago. We just had a, a a young lady just a couple days ago. It hasn't even been a week. Just a couple days ago, die from that good stuff. So it, it, it's, it's like you, when you put something on a shelf at a grocery store, it has a shelf life. We know good and well when we put that milk inside of our refrigerator, it's going to eventually spoil. Now, I do understand that a lot of people say that they don't have any complications. That's fine. As far as I'm concerned, this is going to sound really harsh, but you know I'm a very blunt person on the topic. Don't tell me about your complications until they do an autopsy after you're dead. Boy, then let I'm me know if you didn't have any complications. Figure. Oh, I would like to pick it back on says that you can only say that you haven't had any complications yet. Because that's exactly. what you speak of as it relates to silicone. Because silicone constantly moves. It doesn't stay stable. It could be stable. from You could do all the right things. They can get your silicone injections. They tell you to lay on your stomach so you won't press your ass. They can tell you all of that kind of stuff today, and it looks pretty today. 10, 20, 30 years from now, pieces of it has ruined and become necrotic tissue and moves into your lungs, and then all of a sudden you can't breathe. Nobody's there with you. You call 911, and they come in your house and find you dead. But you didn't just, you didn't just go get the work done. You've had this work all your life. But silicone moves. And I don't think that sometimes that we say that as crass and as direct as we need to say that about what mm-hmm. that is that you're injecting into the body. And that's the reason that the FDA will not approve silicone for injection because they cannot say with any type of certain, I don't care what type of MD, what kind of training you've had, that it will not adversely affect your health at some point in time. They can't say that, so they're not going to approve that for a medical doctor to, to use silicone. Well, with that, but- but for me, and I look at that a lot of ways because I, I've seen women that go in for regular surgery and never make it out of surgery, and there's a lot of complications that we'll have in life. Um, for me, I, I look at life totally different from a lot of people. Um, I think we all got to die from something, and that's how I look at it. So, and, and, it, and it's off the topic of silicone. Um, once I've made it where I need to, if I drop dead today or tomorrow, I did what I wanted to do for myself in life and, and, and got to places that I felt I needed to be. 
Um, and I don't look at the silicone if it takes me out of, if it's going to give me a competition because I feel like we're going to die from something anyway. And that's how I look mm-hmm. at it. Not that I'm promoting that silicone can't harm you because, yes, I know it moves and, yes, you know, it can affect a whole lot of things. But for someone that has had the injections in maybe about 20 years, um, you know, it is what it is. You know, some of those girls haven't been pumped in a very long time. It happens. And sometimes that we have other things that are going on in our body. When you mm-hmm. say getting those checkups that we need to get, that's important too that you say getting your routine checkups and your health checkups to make sure that it's nothing moving those levels are right, no embolism or any of those things. Right. So that's important as well. All of that runs is for me. I constantly get checkups, you know. And I'm like, Michael, I, you know, I was wondering why I had all these headaches. I thought it was fine. Had an MRI. I thought something was going on in my head. Come to find out I got high blood pressure. So mm-hmm. I take a little pill. Guess what? They gave me the pills. I got a bottle full of them. I won't take them because you know why? When you take them high blood pressure pills, guess what they do? Mm-hmm. And I need whatever I need to do, whatever it needs to do. And them pressure pills, you know, they counteract that. So guess what? I'll pop one every now and then. I got a drop full of them. Oh, well, I'm going to get you my number because you're going to need to call me a little later off topic. And, you know, I, 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 I get the whole everybody's going to die one day. You know, I, I get the whole idea of live your life to the fullest. I, I get that. I get that. But my thing is what I don't get is when you say that and then somebody does that and live their life to the fullest and they, they, they do something um, illegal to augment their body and then they die at 19 years old, just like the young lady that just passed away this month on January the 11th. And I think that if you're going to do anything to your body, you should at least try to prolong life, not shorten it. Yes, we are all going to die someday, but that does not mean that we have to rush to the grave. That's my so, only thing. And and I think that's I think for based on the conversation that we've had so far, um, is that that is what, what what the what the the, the basis of it is, is is that even when it comes down to hormone therapy or, or silicone, is it not rushing and researching because. Again, I mean, I can say it to I'm blue in the face. We're going to, I mean, we can advocate and we can put these things out there, and I want people to, to do their due diligence and research. Just like when you're, about, when you're about to go into an interview for a job, but you want to know everything about this company so that you're on your P's and Q's and you cross all your T's and dot all your I's, you need to do, mm-hmm. do the very same thing when it comes down to your body because you only get one, you know. So you you, you got to research. you gotta, and you got to do those things. Let me ask you guys a question. Kim Smedley. Anyone knows who Kim Smedley is? Yep. Okay. Well, I'm going to play this audio because I've never heard, I've never seen an interview until hers. This was, I saw it when it originally aired. I never saw an interview where I saw someone who actually administered and injected silicone into, into women's bodies, trans women bodies or whatever, and, you know, told their story. She has a book out there. She lives in Atlanta. She's from Atlanta. She has a book out there you can buy and all this kind of stuff. But I'm just going to play this clip, and then we're going to um, then I'm going to ask you some more questions. So hold for me. My story is I went to prison for almost two years for doing silicone injections. Illegal butt shots. Illegal butt shots, mm-hmm. yes. Right. Yeah. All right, so you actually um, got started doing these silicone injections. Now, let's discuss the difference because I don't know a lot about okay. butt injections. All right, so now let's get into um, silicone injections versus. I know a lot of people are doing fat transfers now. That seems to be like the popular. And that's all illegal, right? 
That's legal. Oh, fat chances fat are legal. Chance legal. You, fat you can take fat out your side and put it in your butt. That's yes, fine. but you some women don't have any fat to take from one area of their body to put into their butt. So that was a client for me. You so, know? so what got you into doing butt injections? Oh, it's such a long story, but I'll make it short. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends, he was a gay guy, mm-hmm. and he was involved in doing the silicone injections. He was very well known in the transgender. He was doing it to himself? No, no, no. Oh. He was uh, known in the transgender community. People don't know that that's really where the silicone injection started was in the transgender community. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. back in the 80s and 90s, there weren't plastic surgeons that would actually help a man transform into being a woman. Oh. So they always went the black market route. You know, they would get their faces done, and breast, oh. absolutely, transgender transgenders. But mm-hmm. my friend was a gay guy, so he was well-known in that community. So it was, it was at that time that I actually learned what he was doing because I used to go to pageants with him in Chicago. There was a real popular uh, transgender pageant called the Miss Continental Pageant. Right. And I went to a pageant with him one year not knowing what he was actually going to do, and it's when I learned that he was doing the silicone injections. And from that point on, it's like I had to have it. Oh, he did it to you? He did, because my butt was so flat, and I was so tired of being teased as to it. So I actually got two series of the injections back in 1999. Mm -hmm. However, at that time, I was not the size that I am now. I was smaller. Smaller. Right. So as I gained weight, then, you know, of course, the butt gets bigger. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Now, I've heard a lot of things about um, the silicone injections. Like, I've heard that you have to keep getting them because if you don't, that's not true. They say it gets hard, and then you have to keep getting it to cover it up. It gets lumpy. Well, I will say this. I I will just speak from what I know because of what I used to do. You should not have to continue to get silicone injections. When you see women that have overdone it mm-hmm. is because they really overdid it. They right. got too many injections. Mm. There, It should never be lumpy. It should never be hard. However, I will say this. There are so many people that are out here doing the silicone injections now, and they're putting whatever into women's bodies. Like caulk and, and yeah, glue. Oh, my goodness. All kinds of stuff. But it's you were getting true. paid, though. You were getting some money. Five was, how much were you getting? Uh, I w- it was a very lucrative business. I actually did it for twelve years, and Ooh, so you were yeah. taking. It was it was lucrative. How'd you get caught? There was a client of mine in Baltimore who had actually gone to me as well as a transgender in Philadelphia. And by the way, he's in prison now. And she did start to have some complications. So you know, she called me, and I told her to go to the hospital unspinning to me that she was going to implement me. And, you know, it just launched a big federal case. And, you know, I actually was not charged with silicone injections. Mm-hmm. I was charged with conspiracy to commit interstate commerce of a mislabeled, misbranded device. And I always knew what I was doing was illegal, but I never thought it would have been a federal case. You know, I was just like, oh, okay. Get a little community service. Yeah, um, practicing medicine without a license. And every state I would travel to, I always had legal representation. Oh, you was was ready just in case you got caught. Yeah, because, I I mean, of course I knew what I was doing was illegal. So, yeah, for me, I was making sure that things were in order, but... You know, things happen for a reason, and I ended up going to federal prison, and so things have taken a much different course for me now, and to be honest, I'm grateful for that.
Okay, we are back. That was Kim Smedley. Um, she uh, that was the interview she did on the Breakfast Club, one of my favorite shows. Um, but she actually was um, charged with um, well, she was accused, charged, and served time for illegally injecting individuals with commercial grade silicone. Uh, once she got out, she took part in the reality show titled From the Bottom Up. Um, she did several interviews discussing details that went through, you know, pre and post federal prison. And so that's who that particular was. And that was my first time ever hearing someone actually being vocal and honest about it, which I, you know, grateful for that someone is coming up and, and speaking about it. And just in that little snippet, yes, she talked about how she got into it, what she did, and this, that, and the other. And I'll post the full interview um, online as well. But what I, what I did um, appreciate is that she realized that while she thought she was helping people, and, and she probably was helping people, and, 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 you know, she walked away every time feeling like, okay, I helped that person for, you know, for, for that day. I helped that person, you know, to feel good about themselves, um, not knowing that, yeah, I was, like, making, I made, like, $1.5 million. At the end of the day, I was still doing something, you know, something illegally. And what kind of stuck out to me, and, and you guys can tell me what kind of stuck out to you, but what stuck out to me was that when she talked about how she actually got, um, how it all came about and she ended up going to jail was that, you know, the, the lady that did her didn't have complications from when she did it, but had complications when she went to somebody else. And I've heard cases of that, like you, go, you, get, it, you, know, you get it from this lady or this girl or guy or whatever, and then, you know, you take your butt to somebody else, and now it's like mixing, and you don't know what they have. And then you're, you're going, you know, going to jail. And then there's another thing she talked about where she said it started in the trans community. And I don't know if that's to be true. Did did injecting silicone did it start in the trans community? I think so. I think so. I you think, think so? Okay. As, yeah. I would believe that probably I would put it this. No one can say you know, that's history. So no mm-hmm. one can say who pulled the who pulled the lever first because it's it's not something that was legal. It's illegal. So who right. you know, who who knows what who's doing what under and late night when the go down. But I will mm-hmm. say that because of what we portray and because we're, you know, pageantry is a very big, lucrative business that is anywhere in this nation or world, is that I think that it increases the number of opportunity for that to be a lucrative side hustle and business. Mm. I mean, look at the systems that we have now. There's a pageant every day mm-hmm. somewhere, maybe several. And that's just, um, we're not talking about, we ain't got to talk about, that's just pageant girls that we know that do pageants. That's not just a little girl that don't want to do pageants, she just want to be a girl. Right. That's it. So the numbers are startling, but I do think that the transgender community did, you, you were, where you see the large amount of the numbers. Well, until before, like I said, now the fat transfer thing is really, you know, popular. <clears throat> but... Um. One of the, uh, one of the things you said, uh, Micah, that stuck out was um, that she didn't get dragged into it until somebody else had did work on her, mm-hmm. on her client. Right. Now, maybe you know, of course, that's that's information that has been left out. But so I can mm-hmm. all I can do is, is assume. And one of the things I can assume is that somebody told this young lady the truth, and she told they probably told her that. Um, yes, it is. For one, it's bad to mix silicone. If 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 you've had one person pump you, 
to have another person pump you, you never know what those type of fluids may have some type of effect or whatever. It's like a chain reaction. That is very possible. Now, but what also is possible is the fact that maybe the silicone that she got from um, Kim was actually the silicone that made her sick from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It could have been. You never know when that silicone is going to go bad. You never know when that silicone is going to affect you. Um, and, and that's probably something that she had to take in consideration, and it's probably one of the reasons why she dragged her down into a federal thing. And and the reason, you know, I can kind of speak on that a little myself because when I first got pumped, um, I snitched on my, my silicone daughter. I know we are, we was hearing how Tatiana was saying that, you know, this is the person who's going to give me the look that I want. But here's my thing. The reason why I snitched, and I, and I can admit that I did it, um, it was a big thing here in Georgia, is because I was always told the good stuff. I wasn't told about the complications. I, didn't, I wasn't told about the risk of death until – a uh, DA called me to hear my to hear my side of the story. Now, of course, I just went to go listen to the DA. I didn't go with the intentions of blabbing my mouth until that DA pulled out autopsy pictures of one of the people who passed away. And um, when I learned about all the complications that other people were going through, mm-hmm. and when I learned about this death, I snapped. And I went ahead and told everything that they wanted to hear, and I dragged that silicone doctor right into that court case, and, and before you know it, she ended up going to jail. She also has YouTube videos explaining her whole ordeal as well. Okay. Yeah, let me know what those well, YouTube videos add off, off, off. But go ahead, Tatiana, real quick. Well, and, 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 and seeing like she's different from me, um, one thing I've always been was I, I hold myself accountable for anything that I do, especially when I know that I'm putting myself at risk or whatever the case may be. And when I got in that situation, I said, oh, okay, well, it is what it is. You know, I've had people come to me and say, girl, you just like very nonchalant about the situation. I said, yeah, this is the thing. Um, it is what it is. It happened. Um, the power went down. It did. But all I was doing was trying to help somebody. And I prayed on that, and that was released from me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't put something, and that's why I told the girl to make sure it's something and know what you, it's something you want to know what you're doing. Because right. I hold myself accountable for all my actions. I don't pass blame of anything that I played a role in because I knew all the consequences that would come of me doing what I was doing. All of them, from one thing to another, like Kim said, getting money from it, whatever that is, I knew what those complications would be. And I don't look at the other person. I'm like, oh, if that's how my life is rolling, if that's how this is going to go down, let it go down. And that's how I handle it. I roll like that. Now, when you try and put me in a situation, then I'm like, hold up, buddy. This is how this went down. But right. keep me out. I'm going to keep you out of it to an extent unless you push me that route. And before I get, like, your final thoughts, because I, I want you guys to be able to think of, you know, 30 to 40 second final thoughts on, on what we spoke about tonight and, 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 and what you would like to get out there and if you, whatever you want to say to the audience um, in, in, the, in the short time that we have. But here's a major question, and, and it doesn't take for us to have a long, drawn-out conversation about it, but I would like to know, and I'm going to post this on um, the Talk With Mike and Friends Facebook page, but the major question is when it comes down to the silicone, who, who's responsible? 
Who's responsible in the event something goes wrong? Is it the person getting the procedure, the person administering the procedure, or both? Andre? Andre, go. You know, mine is I'm a healthcare professional to the end, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 years. Right. And it is the responsibility of the clinician and or person administering. To me, that's the ultimate fault. The person who is administering the procedure. Who is who administering the procedure. That's why I say because we are the ones that should be held to the standards. We are the ones that should be saying no. It doesn't matter to me on your side of the table of whether you're willing to take the risk or you're willing to do that. It mm-hmm. is up to me to say this is not safe. Okay. But 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 there that, this person that's administering is not the medical professional. So, Thank you. So we gotta so we gotta take them off. We gotta take that out of the equation. So at the end of the day, real quick, who's responsible? Mm-hmm. The person getting the procedure, the person administrating the procedure because they're not a doctor or a nurse or licensed to do so, or is it both? I said, well, now it can't be both. I mean, both have to take responsibility in it, but okay. ultimately it's the person that's doing the administration because, you know, you have the ability to say no. And right. if you say no, guess what? They got to go somewhere else. But that's well, also a place. Okay. All right. I was going to say something. But I'm not going to say nothing at all. Tatiana, <laughs> your, your response? Well, for, for me, like I said, um, I'm about account accountability. That's uh-huh. what I'm about. And okay. I, and, and any girl, guy, whatever it is, when you walk into a room mm-hmm. and you know that you're not going to a plastic surgeon that's mm-hmm. licensed, and you walk through that door to get something from them, you are the one at fault from that from the beginning. Because if mm-hmm. no one is showing you a license saying they're doing X, Y, Z, if you're not in no office and you're not where you're supposed to be, that's for you. You should hold that fault. That and no whoever that room, you should hold that for being responsible for yourself as an adult. And especially in 2017, we know the risk when it comes to silicone and all those illegal injections. We know what that's about. So you can't fault anybody else when you walk in that door, when you walk down that dark alley to go get whatever that is that you get, you make it just what you're looking for. I'm sorry, but I'm about tough love. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you so much. And um, Talia, we only got five minutes left. Really not even that. But go ahead, Talia. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I heard the word accountability, and, and accountability is, is a very good word to use, but mm-hmm. also the accountability goes on both sides of things. Now, mm-hmm. in my particular situation, I can't speak for all of them, but I was green. I was sheltered. I am the same person that my grandmother wouldn't let us ride our bicycles outside of the gate. So when I came into this lifestyle, and when you talk about accountability, I was so green, I couldn't even account for anything that I did because I was always pushed by peer pressure. And at that point in time, that is solely on the the silicone doctor because you know you're working on somebody who doesn't know any better. Now, on on the flip side of things, accountability is also on the person who's getting the silicone injections because you should have done it the right way from the beginning, but accountability should also be on the person that's administering the silicone because you know you know that without a shadow of a doubt that there are complications that can come from this. You know that you could be killing somebody because of this. You could be taking somebody out that could be doing wonderful things in this community and possibly even helping you in life issues that you have yourself. So the accountability is on both sides of the fence. To put it on one side is completely 100% wrong. Okay. 
and 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 I can agree with I can agree with you on that. We're not going to debate that or or whatever, but I can agree. And I think at the end of the day, now it's things are different from the '90s and 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 and, and the '80s and, and early 2000s. Like now, we have the world wide web. We have things in front of us that we can see what is going on, you know, and how people are trying to reverse things. How and and to Leo, you know, we'll speak more, you know, at a, at a later date, just in regards to what you know you went through and things of that nature, and you can see all of that on on, on Facebook. But you know, at the end of the day, nobody's holding a gun to your head, especially this time, this day and time. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. You have you have the the option to say yes or to say no, and no when you when you say uh, yes, you have to understand what could come from that and what has come from that in the past. So. Final thoughts, really, really quickly. I'm going to give you 20, 30 seconds. Andre, final thoughts to, to the audience. Yes, be safe, people, okay? Think about your lives because every day above ground is a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Michael, for inviting me. I've enjoyed this, and I hope that this word gets out full fold to the people. Thank you. Uh, Talia, final thoughts, 20 seconds. <laughs> Say no to silicone injections. Be proud of the person that you are. Thank you so very much. And Ms. Tatiana Braxton. I want to say to all you beautiful people out there, love yourself first because that's where it starts, self-love. And that way when you self-love, you don't have to look to all that other stuff to get that and, and try and be something that's not necessarily needed. Most definitely. Thank you. I love your words. Um, guys, if you can, hold the line for me. Do not hang up. I'm going to play the closing. Um, I appreciate it, and I'm going to get all the um, resources and links and all that kind of stuff and put on the um, Facebook page as well as this show. So thank you guys for tonight. But just hold the line for me. Well, that's actually it for tonight's show. I want to thank all of my guests for taking part in tonight's discussion. I want to thank all of those who listen live, either by streaming via the Blog Talk radio link or by simply picking up the good old phone and calling in. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Trust me, I do. Now, if you have any new show ideas that you would actually like to see on the show, feel free to email us at thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up via Facebook. That's Micah Pierce, M-I-C-A-H-P-I-E-R-C-E. I also look forward in the coming months to interview the Continental, Black America, and Black Universe family. So please stay tuned for those special interviews as well. This may be a new season, but I still can't let you go without providing a quote of the week. So here's this week's quote. Or better yet, here is this week's passage. People may have tried to push you down with labels, but if you just remove those labels and get in agreement with God, he will lift you up. He will take you where you could not go on your own. You don't have to figure it all out. All God asks of you is to believe. When you believe, all things are possible. When you believe, doors will open that may have never opened otherwise. When you believe better, God will take you from the back to the front. Don't let negative labels ever hold you down. Until next time, everyone be blessed.